Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. The Yappy Program on WVNN. Does anyone else find it, you know, kind of ironic that the three maps, so the special master came out with the three maps proposed, and the judge panel will decide on which one these are remedial plans, that out of these three proposed maps, only one of them creates a majority-minority second district. And it only does that with 50.1% black voting age population in that area. So, I, the reason why I think this is kind of ironic is we're told we have to do this for black opportunity. We have to create a black opportunity district. The Republicans, they create a second one, bump it up to 40%. We're told that's racist. It's horrible. We need to redraw it. The court says, no, you didn't even follow the court order. We're going to make the special master do it. And the special master comes out and he only increases the black population of these, of these, of this district by like 8% in two of the maps. (laughs) Like what this tells me, and I've said this from the beginning, the original map was fine. I'm not even talking about the map with this they made in the special session. The original map was fine. It was okay. <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing here? We'll talk more about this in a moment. I mean, I, I'm I asked that question, what are we doing? We know what they're doing. This is not about creating opportunity districts for black voters. This is about creating another Democrat district in Alabama, using the courts to racially gerrymander, not really for the benefit of race, but for the benefit of one particular party. And we'll see how uh, they react to this. It'll be funny, though, if it doesn't work. It'll be funny if Republicans just win every district in response to this, I'd, I'd laugh at that as well. We'll talk more about this in a moment. You're listening to the Yaffe program. This is the show where you can count on the latest news, the important guest, and the best analysis, all for your morning commute. Here on News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. We actually have a lot coming up on the show today. So at the bottom of the hour, um, we were speaking with Liz Wheeler of the Liz Wheeler Show which I'm sure you've seen her on social media. I'm sure you've seen her on The Blaze, on Newsmax, on Fox News, and everything else. She has a new book out, the title, Hide Your Kids, The Marxist Agenda on Your Kids. And you knew I wanted to get her on because school choice. I mean, if you want another reason for school choice, this book lays out another reason why we need real school choice in Alabama and across the country. 
So that's at the bottom of the hour. Then uh, on the next hour, we're going to speak with an expert with the Heritage Foundation. Today, it's going to be Richard Stern. He's going to talk to us about the possibility of a government shutdown. Also, um, the border security measures that some House Republicans want to put in place in the continuing resolution, what that will look like. Will it actually work to secure the border? So we'll get to that later on in the show. Uh, Kelsey Kapowski is here as well once again. Kelsey, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, EA. If you can't complain. Okay, good. I can complain because, and I know we'll talk more about this in my other show, The Yaffe Hour, for the Sports Buffet, but um, the Bucks, I can complain about them and last night. Did they fall last night? I'll be totally honest with you. I didn't even catch the games last night. I could not find the time to. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, they played the Eagles, and the Eagles are pretty good this year. Mm -hmm. They're they're 3-0 now, but yeah. No. I don't know. Well, of course, I was on, you know, Johnny Ballpark Frank Show, the producer of that show on the Ump over there on her sister station. And, you know, uh-huh. half the time it was, you know, in the middle of that game. I think the Bucks and, and, and Eagles played early, too. Uh, so with, oh, the, with okay. two games going on, I had to miss one of them at least, but I didn't catch either of them. So, <laughs> interesting. All right. Well, I know we'll talk more about that later on on the Sports Buffet and my other show, The Yaffe Hour, which plays on the Ump 2 to 3 p.m. Um, so let me get into this here real quick. According to AL.com, it says Special Master Richard Allen submitted three proposed Alabama congressional district maps to a three-judge federal district court on Monday. That was the deadline set by the court. Now, in a report to the court, Allen said all three maps provide two districts where black voters have an opportunity to elect a candidate of their choice, as instructed by the court. Now, the proposed maps are intended to replace the map passed by the legislature in July, as I mentioned. But as I also mentioned, only one of these maps creates a majority-minority. So one map has uh, District 2 at 50.1%. Then another one has it at 48.5% black voters. Another one at 48.7% black voting age population. So we were told so many people on the left, so many people in the media were upset at what the legislature did because, well, it didn't create a second majority minority district. And so they get the special master, the court agrees, we put this in place, and the special master, he only creates one with the majority minority district because this is ridiculous. None of this was necessary. They had to really stretch to even get this second black opportunity district. And by doing that, they had to take away other, other priorities that are usually in redistricting. So when you look at redistricting, what they usually look at is communities of interest. Well, they said, forget that. We're going to get rid of that because we have to make it solely based on race now, which was the opposite of the purpose of the Voting Rights Act. Now, I will grant you, and I've, I've admitted before, yes, Republicans, they put forward a map that benefits Republicans. Political gerrymandering is done all the time in every state and has been done since the beginning of this country. So you can look at politics, but you also have to look at communities of interest and other things. What the plaintiffs in this case said is, oh, this doesn't help black voters. What they really mean is they wanted a second Democrat district. They wanted to use the courts 
They wanted to play the race card to racially gerrymander all in an attempt not to give blacks a better opportunity, but to create a second Democrat district. Now, it looks like as well what's going to happen here because, and this isn't certain yet, but District 1 now doesn't include Coffee County. Now, it used to because that's Barry Moore's district, and that was a big part of his district. So it looks like Jerry Carl and Barry Moore might have to run in a primary against each other in the same district instead of being in two separate districts. And it looks like Jerry Carl would have a better chance of winning that seat the way the maps are. Now, which map has been chosen here isn't certain, and Barry Moore hasn't said yet what he's going to do here. By the way, he's going to be on my show on Thursday of this week. But that that gives an extra Democrat an extra benefit to Democrats because Democrats don't like Barry Moore. He's probably, he's part of the House Freedom Caucus. He's very conservative. So a chance they can get to kick him out of the congressional delegation in Alabama. They're going to use this as well. So you see the results here. You see that this is not about, as I've said before, this is not about race. And the way I knew that, the way I could see that, is when you were looking at those in the media and you were looking at Democrats when they responded to what the legislature put forward, they would look at it based on if that district would vote Democrat. That's how they were judging it. They weren't judging it based on race. They were judging it more on if that district would vote for a Democrat because in their minds, well, if they don't vote for Democrats, I guess that's racist. This is where we are now. So. The scary thing is we've now set a precedent. Now, this is going to go to the Supreme Court again, and maybe the Supreme Court will wise up and get rid of all this because it's nonsense. But the scary thing is, yeah, we've set a precedent now. We've set a precedent here in Alabama, starting here in Alabama, that we're going to use race, racially gerrymandered, to create districts to benefit Democrats. So if it worked here, other states are going to try to do the same thing. And there's already talk about other states trying to do the same thing. So you have Democrats using the courts, playing the race card once again to try to get their way, and maybe it works, which is, uh, so it's not just detrimental for the state of Alabama, it's detrimental for the country. Um, It says here, Allen's report, Allen is the special master, includes an election analysis to show how District 2 is an opportunity district for black voters. It shows that black preferred candidate would have won 15 of 17 elections in District 2 under remedial plan 1, 13 of 17 under remedial plan 2, and 16 of 17 under remedial plan 3. And, of course, it's all about voting for Democrats. That was the goal here. And it looks like they might get their way which we'll see what the Supreme Court says. The Supreme Court is supposed to rule on this. They're going to rule on one if there can be a stay on the map as of now until it gets to the Supreme Court, and then eventually the Supreme Court will rule on the whole case, it looks like. If you want to react to this, you can on our WVN and Hot Take text line, 925-494-9866, 925-494-WVNN. Is this the future in Alabama? where you have two 
Democrats in the congressional delegation because of what they did here instead of one, Terry Sewell. Or is there a chance, maybe a small chance? I mean, John Wall would tell me there's a chance. Maybe there's a chance that Republicans win every district. We'll find out. We'll see what happens. But we see what the goal was here. We got the Alabama bullet points coming up next. Liz Wheeler will be joining me at the bottom of the show as well. You're listening to the Yaffe program back in a moment. It's the Yaffe program on WVNN. News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. We are back here on the Yaffe program. Appreciate you listening to the show as always. Um, we got to get to those headlines right now, so let's do it. We have the Alabama Bullet Points. Alabama Bullet Points. Today's headlines from around the Yellowhammer State. Sponsored by Larry's Pistol and Pawn. Uh, number four today. Katie Britt says, quote, human traffickers, cartels, and terrorists rule the day under Biden at the border. I mean, she's right. Alabama's GOP delegation to Washington continues to keep a focus on the southern border as illegal crossing spike in the White House promotes spending priorities that manage the border as opposed to securing the border. I mean, that's that's right. I mean, instead of actually trying to stop the flow, they're just trying to manage it better so it's not doesn't look as bad. There's not as big of a crowd at the border, but it's still... No, no, no. We have an illegal immigration crisis, not just a border crisis. Um, Kitty Britt said in response to all this, said, what's happening is we've created an environment where human traffickers, drug cartels, and terrorists rule the day. We've got to do more. I mean, she's right. Now, her and Tommy Tuberville introduced the Secure the Border Act in the Senate. Uh... If it had a chance to pass, it'd be, it'd be nice. Number three today, Congressman Terry Sewell introduces, um, well, actually promotes funding that is going to Birmingham. Uh, um, that's right, $23.8 million to improve, improve railroad infrastructure and safety in her district. Um, Sewell called the $23.8 million in federal funding a major step forward in addressing the issue of blocked railroad crossings in her home district, which includes parts of Birmingham and surrounding areas. Uh, she said, quote, this funding from President Biden's bipartisan infrastructure law represents a critical part of her long-term strategy to alleviate blocked railroad crossings and will go a long way in improving the quality of life for those living in and around Birmingham. Now, the congresswoman also said locking down the funding was a product of team work. Um, she said securing this funding was truly a team effort. And I want to thank the city of Birmingham and our local leaders for their hard work in developing such a strong proposal. Number two today, uh, Donald Trump weighs in on the feud between Tuberville and Chuck Schumer. Um, Trump says it was a big win for Tommy. That's why Trump and others praised Tuberville for forcing Schumer into individual military promotion vote. Talked about that a lot last week on the show. But Trump weighed in on Truth Social saying, big win for Tommy. Unlike McConnell and his group of automatic Democrat yes votes, Tommy Tuberville is willing to take on the radical left fascists and thugs that are destroying our country. What a difference. He wasn't the only one that praised uh, Tuberville, as you know. Katie Britt also weighed in and said, 
As I've said previously, Senator Schumer has the power to schedule votes on each of these nominees. Today's move only confirms this has been true all along. So it is really a big win for Tuberville. The media, the Democrats are trying to spin it a different way, but they did what Tuberville said they could do for weeks now. And number one, yes, what I was talking about at the top of the show, court-ordered Alabama congressional maps add a second opportunity district for black voters. Although, as I remind you, so did the state legislature's map that they created in the special session. It added an opportunity district. They never really defined what opportunity is. Now, some of the left said, oh, well, opportunity means it has to be majority-minority. Yet even the special master can only create one out of three maps that did even that, which shows kind of how ridiculous all this is. Now, special master Richard Allen submitted three proposed Alabama congressional district maps to a three-judge federal district court on Monday. The deadline was set by the court. And as I reported at the top of the show, um, the change really is District 2 making a second opportunity district. Um, One map had the black voting age population at 50.1% in that district, 48.5% on the second map, 48.7% on the third possible map. And the three-judge panel will kind of choose one of those three maps. How much you want to bet they choose the one that's the 50.1%? Because that seems to be where this court, that seems to be what they think on this issue but but we'll find out it's all going to go to the supreme court eventually anyway the bullet points are brought to you by larry's pistol and pawn um great things to shop for at larry's pistol and pawn we are getting closer and closer to that christmas shopping season yeah it's a little maybe it's a little too early for some but you know you could go to larry's and if you want to buy jewelry maybe some diamonds for your loved one I mean, get it at Larry's. They have a huge selection, and you can put it on layaway. Yeah, they have layaway options, but they also have same-as cash financing options. I mean, so much better than paying too much at one of those big, fancy department stores. Get the same thing, but better at Larry's Pistol and Pond in Madison off Greenbrier Exit 3. Buy the big rusty water tower. Go today. Tell them Yaffe sent you. Liz Wheeler is next on the Yaffe Program. You're listening to Yeffy on WVNN. On the Yaffe program, if you are ever a regular listener of my show, you know that one of the biggest things I promote is uh, two words, school choice, Uh, wanting to bring real school choice to Alabama. looks like the chances of that happening are better. This next year, but as I've said, I'm giving the Alabama legislature five years to get it done. Um, that's when my daughter will be <laughs> heading towards school. And if I could have options to put her in a good private school, so we don't have her in a public school, because as you know, school choice is no longer just about academic standards. It's also about the attack on our culture, which is done through our public schools. And I think we're going to find out more about that right now. Uh, joining me on the show, Liz Wheeler, host of the Liz Wheeler Show. I'm sure you've seen her on uh, The Blaze, on Newsmax, and other places as well. She has a new book out today called Hide Your Children, Exposing the Marxists Behind the Attack on America's Kids. Uh, Liz Wheeler, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. It's my pleasure. I think we're going to find out a lot about why 
we I should you know the listeners I already support school choice, but why they should support school choice choice even more because your book is about exposing the Marxists behind the attack on America's kids. Talk a little bit about what made you decide to write this book. Yeah, so I wrote this book because I had a question that I think a lot of parents had during COVID as we looked over our children's shoulders on Zoom school and we saw critical race theory and trans ideology and moral relativism and revisionist history all being poured into their minds. And I was like, is this new? Where is this coming from? Who's behind this? So I set out to find the answer to that question. And what I realized in the course of my research is that the attack on our children is not particularly new. It is escalating right now. But the left has been trying to re-engineer our society for decades and decades. And unfortunately, they've been pretty successful at it when it comes to our institutions, at least. They've captured the media, obviously. They've captured the education system. Sadly, they've also captured a lot of religious institutions. They've captured the law. And they have their sights set on the nuclear family, particularly children. So what I do in this book is I name the names of the people and the organizations behind the capture of these institutions and the attack on our kids. And then I offer a solution that I will admit to you is different than the solution the Republican Party offers for how we can retake these institutions and thereby protect our children. Yeah, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I saw you put out a post on X saying, I'm excited and nervous for you to read it. It's a massive critique of the Republican Party. Talk a little bit, because you say some of this is the Republican Party's fault. It is. I mean, we kind of expect bad people to do bad things. So we expect yeah. we expect the left to offer bad policies. We expect Marxists to try to destroy our society. But we should be able to count on the Republican Party to serve as a bulwark against these attacks on our freedom. Sadly, the Republican Party's efforts have not been effective in this fight for the last 50 years. Otherwise, we wouldn't be in this cultural insanity that we exist in right now, where white children are told they're racist because of the color of their skin. Black children are told they're racist or they're oppressed because of the color of their skin. Boys are told they can be girls. Girls are told they can be boys. Clearly, something we're doing is not working. So my book is a massive critique of the Republican Party because somewhere along the way, we lost sight of what it means when we say the United States is a free nation. What does that mean? What, what is freedom? What is liberty? Is freedom the ultimate goal of all of our policies, or is freedom the means to something greater? And I challenge conservatives in my book to think, to grapple with the question, because if freedom is the ultimate end, then what David French said when he said that drag queen story hour is a blessing of liberty would have to be true. These grown men dressed up as sexualized versions of women gyrating in front of little children. There'd have to be some kind of inherent morality to that, simply because these men had the freedom to do that. But I reject that premise. You and I know that that's grotesque. It's evil. So freedom must then be the means to something greater. And I challenge conservatives to think about what is that something greater? What do we want from our society? What does human flourishing mean? And how do we use the just authority of government toward that end. Sadly, the Republican Party has fallen for fallen prey to the idea that freedom is the is the ultimate end versus freedom being the means to something greater. They've fallen for a more libertarian mindset. And the result of that is what we're experiencing right now. You know, that is a really good point. You know, I've talked about how sort of the left and the right, they almost have different definitions of freedom. 
where the left almost feels like freedom from responsibility, where you're right, we need to have freedom, but that freedom can't be an end in and of itself. There's still responsibility behind the freedom that undergirds the civil society, where we use the freedom to create a better culture. So, so I think you make a good point, but looking at that, then that, you know, it's somewhat of a philosophical argument and I really like it. What, what do we need to do? Is there anything we can do policy wise? Like, you know, I talked about school choice right before you came on. Is that, is that a solution here? Having more real school choice options or is it something else? It is. And you're exactly correct that, that the definition of freedom and liberty isn't the license to do anything that we want. It's the, it should be the opportunity to live a virtuous life. And yes, it is philosophical. We've lost, we've lost sight of that. But some practical examples of this are Governor Chris Christie right now. He was just on CNN a week or two ago saying that he opposes states banning transgender surgeries for children. And the reason that he said he opposed that isn't because he necessarily supports these surgeries. But he said it's not government's job to tell parents what they can and can't do. Parents should have the freedom to be able to make that decision. And that's such a wrong way to think about it. That's not how our nation was designed. Our government was given the just authority to um, identify and, and, and acknowledge the definition of right and wrong, objective truth, objective reality. And we have forgotten to do that. We've fallen prey, actually, to this idea that if any morality touches our policies, that we are somehow violating the separation of church and state. And that's simply not true. We have tons of laws on our books right now that are based only on morals, not in anything safety-wise. For example, we have laws in our country that prohibit children from walking on the floor of a casino. Why? Because it's physically dangerous for them? No, because we acknowledge that it's a moral hazard. Our, this, is, and this idea that I'm proposing is not a new idea. This is actually our constitutional legacy. James Madison, the father of our Constitution, he wrote that the definition of liberty is justice, that justice is the end of all civil society, which requires us to acknowledge right and wrong. The practical outgrowth of this is that the Republican Party shouldn't just point to critical race theory and say, that's wrong and that's evil and that's Marxist. We shouldn't just ban it from being in schools. We should be proactive and legislate, legislatively require schools to teach children about the evils of communism and about the tr and about the real history of the United States. We have to not just play defense; we have to play offense. Yeah, that you know that's an excellent point. I feel like someone who's done a pretty good job of that so far, at least in a state, is Ron DeSantis. So I know that they have put things in place to be on the offensive, not just to ban critical race theory, like you said, but to teach civics, to teach. And, you know, Trump did a pretty good job as well. I know he put together the 1776 commission that kind of was a, a counter argument to the 1619 project and and it kind of uh, put the truth of American history. So you're talking about more stuff like that, right? Yeah, exactly. The examples you give are good examples. Ron DeSantis has been setting a good example of how to do this in in Florida, in especially as related to trans ideology in school or critical race theory or using the just authority of the government to actually order our, our society. There's so many things. The final chapter in my book, I provide a list of 12 things that we can do, that we can use state, local, and federal government to do to order society. Because th this is the hard truth. There's no such thing as neutrality. There's no such thing as a nation where we don't have a defined set of morals. That's, that might be a utopian idea, but it's not realistic. Either 
the left is going to have their beliefs and their ideologies taught through our institutions to our citizens, or the beliefs and the values of Republicans, Judeo-Christian values, are going to be taught through our institutions. It is a binary choice between those two, and Republicans have forgotten that. So they've surrendered many of these institutions in the name of this utopian idea of neutrality, and really it's just allowed the left to come in and dominate. Yeah, you know, that's a good point because you're right. They do it in the name of neutrality. They say separation of church and state, but what they're promoting is just their leftist religion. I mean, they're promoting uh, a value system on our kids that we disagree with. So if we're in control of these institutions through government people we've elected, you know, and their job is to promote some kind of value system in an education system because that's always going to be a part of education. Yeah, that makes sense to me that we have to put forward our own values in those education systems because, well, those education systems are controlled by our government leaders. So when they're using their control, they can't say, oh, you can't do that. It's like, but you can do your leftist religion. That doesn't make sense. Well, that's exactly what we're seeing. I mean, we should never fall for the idea that leftists want neutrality because they don't. There was a student right. out in California who was suspended from the public school system for five days for misgendering another student. So it's not that the left wants the freedom to be able to live their lifestyles. It's that they want to force us to comply. Otherwise, they're going to socially ostracize us. And they're using these cultural institutions and governmental institutions to enforce this. One of the most interesting things that I came across in the course of researching this book is the fact that public schooling has not been mandatory in the United States for that long. It only became compulsory in 1852 in Massachusetts. And the reason that it became compulsory was because there was a large influx of immigrants into our country at the time, largely Catholic immigrants, and the Protestant politicians in charge of Massachusetts wanted these immigrant children to be indoctrinated with American values so that they would be loyal to America first rather than the country of their birth. And they wanted them indoctrinated in Protestant values because they didn't like Catholics at the time. And I realized when I was studying this that our public education system was always intended to be used for indoctrination. Indoctrination itself is kind of a morally neutral concept. It's what's being indoctrinated that determines whether it's right or wrong. And Republicans along the way have forgotten that. We've forgotten that we should be the ones controlling what's being indoctrinated in public schools. We stepped back in the name of this false idea of neutrality, and the left again just swooped in and took over this institution and used it, is using it for the purpose it was intended for, indoctrination, but to indoctrinate with bad things. Yeah, I agree 100 hundred percent. You're exactly right there. Liz Wheeler, she's the host of The Liz Wheeler Show. Her new book is out today, Hide Your Children, Exposing Marxists Behind the Attack on America's Kids. Um, Liz, if people want to find out more about you, your show, your book, how can they do that? Yeah, you can get the book at hideyourchildrenbook.com or you can go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble or your local bookstore and pick up a copy. You can follow my show on Rumble. It's rumble.com slash Liz Wheeler. And I look forward to hearing what everyone thinks of this book. I know that it's a challenge to prevailing Republican thoughts. So send me your feedback. I'm interested in hearing what you think. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. We'll talk to you again in the future. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem at all. So you can react to that on our WVNN Hot Take text line, 925-494-9866, 925-494-WVNN. I think the most important thing she talked about there that's a part of this book is the fact that, okay, if we make a decision as a society that we're going to educate our children and it's the job of the government to educate our children, 
Well, anytime you have an education system towards children, you're going to teach them some kind of values. There's going to be a value system that's a part of that. Well, you can pretend that that's neutral. We're going to have a neutral value system. It, that doesn't exist. So if conservatives, if Christians don't say, okay, we want that value system to be based on the civil society, the Judeo-Christian ethic, the nuclear family, that moral system, then, well, that has to be put forward in policies in our schools. So, I, you know, I promote school choice because right now the public school is absolutely failing at that. They're promoting a leftist value system. It's not neutral. It's a leftist one. So I want my kid to have an opportunity to have a better one. So you either get into these institutions, transform them from the inside, or you give people options to get out of them because, well, it's our tax dollars too, and we can decide what system plays a role here. So I think it's an important book. I think she's exactly right. And it does kind of go against some of the Republican orthodoxy because, you know, I'm a believer in small government, in limited government. But sometimes we take that to a kind of a radical end to where we think, oh, you have a right to um, um, trans your kids. And it's like, no, 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 that's not freedom. <laughs> that That is not freedom, limited government right there. There is a role for government when it comes to protecting our children as well. So if you want to react to that, you can on the WVNN Hot Take text line 925-494-9866. Coming up next, we do have the local news update. This is the Yaffe Program back in just a sec. The Yaffe Program. Welcome back to the show. This is the Yaffe Program on Newstalk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Do you want to tell you about the sponsor of this segment real quick right now? Automation Personnel Services. You know, if you're in this area and you're looking for a new career, my friends at Automation Personnel Services, well, they can help you out. You know, they're one of the top 100 largest staffing agencies in the U.S., working with companies like JIT Services, Commerling USA, Intercept Industries, Triorex Pharmaceuticals, and more. You know, they focus on light industrial manufacturing, call centers, and other skilled labor positions. With, all, with automation personnel services, if you get hired, you'll be eligible for great benefits like one week paid vacation, six paid holidays each year, medical, dental, and vision coverage, a 401k retirement plan, a referral bonus program, and more. They have temp, temp to hire, direct hire positions. You can start the career of your dreams today with my friends at Automation Personnel Services. But you got to apply online if you're looking for that great job. APSTemps.com slash Huntsville dash location. APSTemps.com slash Huntsville dash location. You can call or text them anytime. 256-533-5627. 256-533-5627. Automation Personnel Services. When you contact them, as always, make sure to let them know Yaffe was the one who sent you. So, um, Kelsey, just want to make sure uh, we have not had our local news guys call yet. No, we have not yet. Okay, well, I'll move on. I, I do want to react a little bit more to Liz Wheeler, who was on with me in the last segment. She's host of the Liz Wheeler Show. You can find it on Rumble as well. Her new book, Hide Your Children. I, I was thinking about this during during the break. One of the questions I always ask when it comes to issues in this country that I feel like Republicans don't even ask very much, what is the proper role of government? When, when you say something like small government, 
Well, I mean, small is kind of a relative term. You could just say, oh, well, we don't want no government. We don't want government in anything. You become kind of libertarian. But is that really the way we should look at it? Actually, what we should do is look at the role of government. So we've already decided it's the role of government to do education, at least on the state level. Maybe not the role of the federal government, but on the local level, on the state level, it's the role of government to uh, teach our children. Well, if that's the role of government, then it's also the role of government to teach them moral values. It's the role of government to teach them American history. It's the role of government to pick and choose which books are allowed in the library in the school. These are not good for kids. You know, if they're pornographic, these are appropriate for kids. To act like somehow when you do that, when you decide, okay, this is what we're going to teach. This is what we're not going to teach. This has been the proper role of government for a long time now. So the left likes to use the term, oh, we're going to make it neutral, but it's not. They've just taken it over and they've pushed their agenda. But if we agree that it's the role of government to do these things, then we need to make sure it does it in the right way. And so that's why I appreciate her coming on and promoting her book, Hide Your Children, Exposing the Marxists Behind the Attack on America, America's Kids. Seems like it's going to be a good book by Liz Wheeler. Coming up next, we're going to speak with an expert with the Heritage Foundation on uh, the, the potential government shutdown. It's the Yappy Program on WVNN. The Yappy Program on WVNN. I love this story on Axios today. Uh, let me make sure I get the, the right headline because this, this is great stuff. It says, Scoop! As voters worry about President Biden's age and fitness for office, his team is taking steps to prevent further public stumbles, like wearing tennis shoes and using the short stairs on Air Force One. I kid you not, this is a real story about the current president of the United States from Axios, not the Babylon Bee or something. It says, it says, with the physical therapist, Biden has been doing exercises to improve his balance as far back as November 2021. Since his stumble in June, he's been wearing tennis shoes more often to avoid slipping and using the short stairs on Air Force One, entering the plane on a lower deck than before. It says why it matters, according to Axios here. Democrats, including some of the administration, are terrified that Biden will have a bad fall with a nightmare scenario of it happening in the weeks before the November election. <laughs> it says here some senior Democrats privately have been frustrated with Biden's advance team for months, citing the sandbag incident and noting that the president often appears not to know which direction to go after if he speaks at the podium. (laughs) So the reason, and I love the headline here. So the headline on Twitter or X was, um, don't secret mission, don't let him trip. And then they changed it to Biden's team. The Biden teams don't let him trip mission. Guys, it's not much of a secret. <laughs> like what you're doing. You're like, Oh, this is a secret mission to make sure he doesn't trip. Um, uh, the, 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 the secrets out guys. Um, we know Biden's old and tends to fall and you're trying to make sure he doesn't fall or do something crazy. There, there is no, this is the, 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 <laughs> the most open secret in Washington right now. I think.
I thought you should just thought you should just know that your 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 secret your secrets out. You're listening to the Affy program. This is the show where you can count on the latest news, the uh, the um, the latest news, the important guest, and uh, the best. <laughs> sorry, uh, um, got a lot going on behind the scenes today, so I'm gonna try that again. You can get the latest news, the important guests, and the best analysis all for your morning commute. You're on News Talk 770 AM 92.5 FM WVNN. Uh, joining me on the show right now he is with the Heritage Foundation, Richard Stern. Um, he's going to talk a little bit about what's going on with the possible government shutdown and more. Richard, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for having me on. Yes. So, um, first, I, I mean, I'm just going to ask what every member of the media has been asking <laughs> lately, but I guess I'll just repeat it. Um, is a government shutdown inevitable? Do you, th- you think it's, it's most likely going to happen? Well, I will say this. it's not inevitable, but I, Everybody I know is really gearing up for shutdown, and a lot of people think that that's going to happen. But, you know, I think the more important thing is, what is a shutdown, right? And at the end of the day, the shutdown is where Congress has failed to pass annual appropriation. And really what's going on here is that there's this whole group of people that always want to steal more of your money. And every time we get to the end of the fiscal year, they pass a bill with three days or less than three days between the introduction of a thousand page, you know, multi-thousand page bill on the vote. And it's loaded up with things, steal more of your money to give up to their friends. What's happening this year is a group of patriots that are saying, no, we will stop this theft in the American public. And that's what's thrown the kids in disarray. So, you know, there's positive growth here. So it sounds kind of like you're, you're siding with the, the five Republicans who are kind of, um, saying they, they don't want to do this anymore. They, they want to, I believe they're calling on them to put forward 12 appropriations bills, separate bills. Um, I, I mean, that that's kind of where we are right now. They Most Republicans and Democrats want to pass a continuing resolution, but there are five Republican holdouts that are like, um, no, we don't want to do this. Well, here, here's the thing, though. What those five Republicans are is that those 12 bills we're talking about, that's regular order. It's supposed yeah. to be that those 12 bills each are individually done over the course of the year in full view of the American public with a real debate over how this money is spent, who it's taken from, and who is getting the favors from this money, and really with the option to limit how much of this favors to donors and politicians. What this five are saying is that we're set to go down the road. We've gone down for you know a decade and a half which is where discretionary spending has increased more than mandatory programs have at times, where it has just been locked up with more and more grants to donors, with no public hearing, where it's all thrown into one giant omnibus where the rules are circumvented. And, you know, these CRs a lot of times have padded over the given a week or two weeks to the people in the cigar smoke filled back rooms <laughs> to write these. So, you know, I think that's what they're looking at. Here. And it's getting painted as something not it's, it's really just an attempt to bring some sense of fiscal responsibility back to Congress. so but i mean what happens here what because if you don't have a continuing resolution by the end of the week there will be a shutdown i mean could you possibly see some kind of continuing resolution that lasts for the month and then they pass or at least go through some of that regular order like you were talking about or what's the next step here well, I should say, it, it doesn't what can happen. But, you know, I, I want to put this out, right? So if you have a shutdown that's less than two weeks, actually very little happens, right? So the, yeah. the government workers all get paid. And the truth is, essential services continue to function even 
past technical shutdown. The truth is, a shutdown is a third of a third of the government. The vast majority of the government still runs, so security checks still go out the door. Medicare still makes payments to doctors. Truthfully, the only parts of the government that really shut down are the regulators, right? The things that actually are choking business are keeping Americans poor. Those are the parts that shut down. But even then, the bureaucrats themselves actually continue to get paid, you know, if it's within a two-week period here. Now, look, every president shut down, you know, is probably going to do this about do this. We'll do things like, you know, a shut down the war memorials and we'll spend more money to put barricades up in front of them to do yeah. things that are dramatic. Ridiculous. None yeah. of that is required during shutdown. So, you know, I think part of this, right, is you've got this fear from the D.C. cartel because they don't want to see it. They just want you to rubber stamp the bill they want. Yeah, I'm speaking with Richard Stern of the Heritage Foundation. We're talking about the potential of a government shutdown. One of the other issues that's come up as well that I know Democrats are against is Republicans do want the Secure the Border Act, or at least some of the provisions of that, in in some kind of spending bill. Does that, like, what's in the Secure the Border Act, and will it help with the immigration crisis? Because it's definitely a crisis right now. Uh, absolutely. So the provisions in H.R. 2 that are discussed here, and this is a bill that had passed prior, are things that actually increase border security allowances, resources to be used on the border, you know, judges that adjudicate a lot of these things. It goes towards more agents themselves. It pluses up facilities and things that are needed, both to humanely house people, to actually process claims, to monitor the board, you name it. There's, there's, there's 100 provisions in there. But, you know, I think here's the important part of this, right, is that, yeah, if we lived in the world of a responsible government where we did 12 regular approach bills, where bills like HR2 that are not fundamentally a spending bill were considered in broad view of the American public, if you had a presidential administration that wasn't fundamentally a lawless in the way that it, it used and abused executive orders and ran these kind of crises, then it wouldn't make sense to put the bill in the omnibus. But here's what's happening. You've got this D.C. cartel, you've got the Biden administration that are breaking laws, that abuse executive orders to, to do whatever they want in violation of the law and violation of the Constitution. So what's happening here is you have conservatives that are saying, Look, if you want to fund your regular, your woke and weaponized government, you got to give us something as well, something that'll end this border crisis and drugs and the arms of the human trafficking that's going across it. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm with them. I, I hope that would work. And it's interesting because Biden says the reason why there's a crisis is because of the policies of Trump, which doesn't make sense. But I really think what Biden's goal here is is to make it look better at the border, but not really fix the core problem of illegal immigration. That's why I've been calling on Republicans and conservatives. Don't just call this a border crisis, call it an illegal immigration crisis. Because even if you make a more orderly process at the border, we're still letting in thousands upon thousands illegals, which could affect the country. And we're seeing how it affects places like New York and Chicago. Uh, You hit the nail on the head. Look, if Trump is at fault at all, it's because, gave us a really good economy that encourages people to come to this country. That's the closest <laughs> okay. that Trump's got to be yeah. at fault for any of us, right? But you're right. Biden and his friends fundamentally benefit from bringing illegal immigrants. They benefit from all of the other things that are going on related to it. And so you're absolutely right. And in fact, the same executive orders that they've used to make the crisis worse, they could have used to make it better. They could have come to Congress and worked with conservatives to pass H.R. 2 or something like it two years ago. So 
you know, again, I think this just highlights the, the character, or rather lack thereof, of the Biden administration and their friends in Congress. Richard Stern, he's with the Heritage Foundation. You can read more of his stuff at heritage.org. Really appreciate you coming on, sir. We'll talk to you again in the future. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right, there you go. If you want to react to any of that, you can on the WVNN Hot Take text line, 925-494-9866, 925-494-WVNN. Do want to tell you about the sponsor right now. It's the Weight Loss Centers of Huntsville. Um, if you need to lose weight, but you've tried different diets in the past, you tried things like counting calories, or maybe you had prepackaged meals, or maybe, I don't know, pills or something, and it's just nothing works or you lose it and then you gain it all back and it's not really healthy what you were trying to do to begin with. Well, let me tell you a program, tell you about a program that works because it worked for me. I lost a pound of fat per day. You could as well on this program. When I was on it, I lost 30 pounds in a month, 36 pounds total, keeping the weight off, could not have done it on my own. So if you're like me, and you just need some help in this area, I want you to contact my friends at the Weight Loss Centers of Huntsville. If you go to their website right now, weightlosshuntsville.com, weightlosshuntsville.com, you can sign up for a free private weight loss consultation. They're weight loss experts. They'll do the consultation. They'll also help you out through the entire process. They even have an app that you can download that helps you out as well. They help you not only lose the weight, but keep it off. But they can't do any of that if you don't contact them today, if you don't make that appointment, if you don't get that free private weight loss consultation. So if you want to be like me, have your clothes fit better, feel better, lose the weight, lose it quickly, and keep it off, contact the Weight Loss Centers of Huntsville today. Go to weightlosshuntsville.com. That's weightlosshuntsville.com. And when you do, as always, you make sure to let them know Skinny Yaffe was the one who sent you. Got much more to talk about on the Yaffe program. We will next back in just a sec. You're listening to Yaffe on WVNN. Headline here from Politico.com. Says the White House plays it cool as Bidenomics struggles to catch on. So this is another correction I (laughs) I have to make. Yaffe, I got to get out uh, my red pen. Gonna scratch that out, make a correction. Yaffe's red pen here. So in the last segment, I talked a little bit about how Axios said they had a scoop that Biden's team, they have a secret mission to not let him trip. And I said, uh, scratch out secret because it's no secret. Um, that it's never been a secret. We know. Well, here, this political headline, the White House plays it cool as Bidenomics struggles to catch on. The president made a big bet on owning the economy. His team says, give it time. So it hasn't struggled to catch on. Bidenomics has caught on a lot. He says it's struggling to catch on. Uh, No, 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 it's caught on. It's just caught on for Republicans bashing it because it's terrible. Um, Real quick, Kelsey, if you can grab the audio, I want you to play Pete Buttigieg cut one. We played this yesterday. I want to play it again because it's kind of an example of their strategy on this, which I've said for a while is not going to work because um it it can't work if you're if you're starting from a position trying to convince people beg people to believe you that the economy is good when the polls show they don't believe you you're already in a losing position but go ahead kelsey play pete Buttigieg cut one what 
do you say to the 44% of Americans who say they are worse off now than they were before Biden took office? Well, look, uh, we all know the economic pressure that Americans have felt uh, when the president took office, the economy was flat on its back. But we're also getting extraordinary results, more than 13 million jobs created. That's more than any presidential term in American history. And yes, it takes a while for people to feel the full benefits of those results, just like it's going to take a while to build all of the infrastructure that we're now underway on with the president's generational infrastructure bill. But he got the bill done after president after president, Congress after Congress couldn't make it happen. He did. We're getting the results on the economy. <laughs> you know, it, I, I just have to point out again, Bidenomics didn't struggle to catch on. It caught on because it's terrible. Oh, and oh, it takes a while to feel the effects of his policies. No, no, it actually hasn't taken very long at all. Inflation came pretty quickly. And even some on the left admit that a lot of the Biden spending at the beginning of his administration fueled inflation, made inflation even worse. Now, it's not all Biden's fault. Even under the Trump administration, because of COVID, we spent way too much money. That was going to cause inflation. And Republicans and Democrats have spent way too much money for the past few decades. Eventually, inflation was going to catch up to us. But man, did he throw fuel on the fire at the beginning of his administration, and he wanted to make it worse. Remember, when I talked about kill the Build Back Better bill to save America, luckily, That Build Back Better bill did not pass, but they did pass the Inflation Reduction Act, which did not stop inflation. But yeah, it says a White House official granted anonymity to Politico says, if you look at where the puck's going to be from a year now, inflation's going down and the term Bidenomics is going to come to signify President Biden has a plan. They may not be able to list every single thing in that plan, but it's more factories, it's more jobs, it's prescription drug cost cut. Um, no, it's more government regulation, it's higher energy prices, it's a private sector that has been choked off because of your your policies, and it's uh, more government spending, which is just going to make inflation even worse. So, It's caught on, just not the way you wanted it to. Do you want to tell you about the sponsor here real quick, uh, Regenesis Stem Cell Center. I don't want you to let your injuries or pain slow you down. As someone who has dealt with back issues, back pain for most of his life, I I did. Well, that was until I went to Regenesis, which is great. So, you know, I I just, uh, we just had, my daughter just turned a month old. And when you're a dad, you have responsibilities, including picking up the car seat, putting her in the car seat, moving the stroller, doing things around the house, helping the wife, helping the mom. Um... Yeah, that that would not be fun if you had back pain. But uh, I don't have the back pain anymore, and that's because of the stem cell treatment I got at Regenesis Stem Cell Center. There are stem cell therapies. They work. They use your own body stem cells to take away the pain. 256-715-8193. Go to RegenesisStemCell.com. Tell them Yaffe sent you. The Yaffe Program. Welcome back to the Yaffe program. Just a quick reminder, if you miss any of the show live, get to the podcast anywhere podcasts are available. Subscribe, share, give me a good review, all that good stuff. Tori is in the studio once again. Let's just get straight to it. We have What's Trending with Tori. Keeping you up to date with all that's trending in your world. Ooh. 
They have the internet on computers now. Do you guys know how to post videos to Facebook? It's What's Trending. Sponsored once again by Coleman Furniture Market because they always have the latest trending in furniture. Tell you more about that in just a moment. Tori, how are you today? I'm good, Yaffe. How are you? I'm doing okay. Doing okay. Perfect. Well, I'm so glad you and I don't have to worry about dating apps anymore. Oh, thank God. We would be maybe paying $499 a month for a select tier on Tinder. What? What? 500 bucks a month? Yeah, it's called Tinder Select, which will cost $4.99 a month, get you special access to the most sought-after profiles to enjoy exceptional connections. This is a (laughs) high-end membership. I mean, is Taylor Swift on it or something? Like... (laughs) <laughs> I have no idea. Whatever the most sought after profiles are, but I don't want the most sought after profiles because <laughs> if in like a year I'm going to pay that much and still need to be on it in a year with the most sought after profiles. Oh, well, good point. So what I'm getting out of this is you're paying money for the most, let's say, viewed profiles. I guess. <laughs> or their most, or like the fake profiles that they're putting up that are like. I just feel like this is a scam. It's like Tinder has their profiles that are like, are these real people? But we're going to engage with you. So you feel like you're getting (laughs) something. If I'm paying $500, it better be real. Yeah, (laughs) I better be meeting my person for $500. I was like, I want my money back if I don't get married. Absolutely. (laughs) Wow. Well, well, actually, you know, Kelsey, you have a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Tori, you're engaged. I have a wife. So, yeah, we don't have to worry about it. We're good. It's not for us. In theory, though, say we were all okay. single. What's the mm-hmm. most you'd pay mm. for any dating app? So I will say, I, I paid, I think I played, paid something with Tinder while I was down in Panama City one year. Because uh-huh. I was thinking, oh, you know, it's a fun way to meet girls, right? It'll be yeah. a cool way, you know, we'll meet up somewhere. It'll be a fun time, right? Yeah. I don't even remember how much that was, but it wasn't like outrageous. Maybe yeah. like ten dollars for the month, right. right? And then you canceled that next. I month. I canceled yeah, it next yeah. month. Like there was no point to. That. I think I deleted ten right after that. Yeah, sure. So I it, think that'd yeah. probably be my max as well. Max, right couple there, bucks. Yeah, 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 I don't know. Yeah, ten bucks. I don't know. Ten bucks. 20. Ten bucks. Yeah. Ten bucks is all I'm paying to Did find Yaffe up it to twenty. I think Yaffe upped it to twenty. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was like ten, twenty dollars, but yeah. probably not. No, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think I. We don't encourage you to pay pay anything, let alone five hundred dollars per month. <laughs> yeah, I no. mean, I could send you some investment accounts. You could put five hundred dollars a month in, and your future is going to be a lot better than <laughs> with some Which girl. Will, I was about to say, and that'll attract more girls. So yeah. Just- You'll be financially stable. <laughs> exactly. Also, if I ended up dating somebody and they told me they paid $500 a month for that Tinder premium, I'd probably break up with them. I'd be like, that is a irresponsible well, use of your money and I can't continue. You wouldn't feel good about yourself, though, that you were one of the most sought after profiles? Oh, maybe. I mean, I know that <laughs> wouldn't be true, but I just would, uh-huh. I'd question your financial decision making. <laughs> So, okay, so if a guy, like, you're on a first date with a, do- a guy and he brings out a gift card, 
to pay for it, you're like, oh, I like him. He's financially smart. He's saving money. Yeah, I don't think the first date's the time to use a gift card. <laughs> no? I was about oh, to say. Yeah. I am somewhere I was about to in say. between of not a gift card on a first date and $500 a month right. for Tinder. I'm okay. somewhere in the middle there is where you right, find me. What's would, they, would either of you oh. on a first date do a gift card? No, probably not. <laughs> I mean, it depended. Like, it depends. Like, if I have a chance to pay, like, half the money for a $500 meal, I'm going to break it out, and I'm going to play my chances. You should not be doing a $500 meal on a first date, Kelsey. That's the first problem. Well, that's good. I didn't think of that. But, too. like, I don't know. I just don't think it's, it's just not proper. You know, so let's say you're going on a hundred dollar date and I have a chance to get it at fifty dollars. So you're gonna just have to use your gift card another time. I, I don't think. know. I think I might take that risk. I mean, if it's the right girl, she'll stay along, right? I mean, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Okay, tell does us your on the text line. Listen to the show. <laughs> she does not, but uh, she would agree with you. That she, <laughs> I was gonna say because if I get texts from Mrs. Yaffe, am I gonna get a text from your girlfriend saying there's no way he Probably would be using not. a gift card? She does like you. She does like you a lot, though, Tori. So what? She does like you a lot, though. She's, I don't know if you've ever met. Ooh, you ever met her. How does she like me? Because I don't know that I. I don't met know. Her. She made a comment the other day. She was like, "Oh, I remember Tori. I liked her." I was like, "Oh, well, then I must have met her." Maybe I don't know. Maybe yeah. guys. I don't know. Guys, uh, all right. Can we move on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the next. All right, Yaffe. <laughs> number four. Are you a show a fan of the show The Office? Um, not really. A little. Well, I don't really like the show, but that doesn't matter. There's a reboot in the works with the original Already? showrunner Greg Daniels. There's no other information. Um, he has spoken. He talked about this a few years ago, saying my biggest concern would be disappointing the fans. Um, and my fiance is a big office guy, and I said this to him this morning. I said, there's a reboot, and he instantly was like, that does not need to happen. He said, the final two seasons weren't that great anyways, that we do not need to bring it back. Oh, okay. So it went out like on top. Yeah. Well, sort of. It was I, declining a little bit. I recently watched some of the early episodes of The Office. They are uh-huh. so lucky that show was made at a different time because- it didn't age well, those early episodes. Really? It did not age well. And I don't huh. think, I think they should just be very lucky that nobody like circled back to the office. Um, but I don't think we should, we should isn't not like, be rebooting it. Isn't it like really popular? Like, oh, yeah, still people on Netflix? love it. But if you like put it up against today's standards of what we tolerate, Ah, I tolerate. I didn't realize The Office was like that. Interesting. I mean, that's the same way with half the mid two thousand show. I mean, oh, if yeah. you go back to like what was one I used to watch, My Name Is Earl, where Jason Lee. Yeah. You go back to that. Didn't yeah, I didn't well. get a fly. Didn't age well. Yeah. No. Huh. Okay. All right. This is important today, guys. Number three. It's National Pancake Day. Let's go. Nice. Mm. All right. What is your ideal pancake? Is it at home? Is it from a place? What type is it? Lay it out for me. Well, I mean, I, I would like to get it at a restaurant, maybe like Cracker Barrel or oh, even yeah. Denny's uh-huh. is good. But it's got to be big, fluffy pancakes. But I, I'm someone who likes to put butter on it. It's good. But, you know. Wait, no, Yaffe, no. everybody puts butter on their pancakes. Well, but not just, special. I actually don't. What? Yeah. But no, what I mean is guy. a lot of people put put syrup on it. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't always do that. 
It's just butter, or I'll put eggs on it. Wait, That's what? what? Is butter and syrup not the common method? I thought it was. No, it is, but I don't like. I only. I only use butter. No syrup. Okay. There is something very nice about before. I will put the butter on, take a bite, then get into the syrup. Okay, but I do like eggs though. Eggs on pancakes. Eggs on your pancakes, like yeah, that sweet, try that. savory thing. I'm not going mm-hmm. to probably. Um, do you ever do like blueberries or chocolate chips? Sometimes. Yeah, I like but, a good chocolate chip pancake. I don't know. I just like a regular buttermilk pancake for some reason. I like when they're really big, like the size of the plate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you That's go. The, the best big fluffy way. ones. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good. Well, enjoy your pancakes today. It's National Pancake Day. Yeah. Number two, what's trending? The IRS is Did going. Did skip number three? No, that was number three. Mm-hmm. Pancakes. What was number four? Ro- the office. Oh, that's right. Okay. You're right. I'm sorry. This is, this is me today. I'm sorry. <laughs> just, just don't mind me. I can't count today. The IRS is going after ticket scalpers. So mm-hmm. if you're a reseller who passed $600 in ticket sales on marketplaces such as StubHub and Ticketmaster, you now need to report your activity to the IRS. Um, oh the God. previous threshold for reporting ticket sales was $20,000. So that's quite the jump from... Over twenty grand, you have to report it, but now it's over six hundred. This change um, is kind of in response to the Taylor Swift fiasco, where we're trying to somehow figure out how to deal with the ticket situation. Oh, but so the, IRS the IRS is coming after you. So I guess they're trying to lower the resale the ticket prices, yeah. so you wait, make it a way to where. You, they still don't want to pay taxes, so they have to put it below the six hundred dollar mm-hmm. mark. I get it. Or like cumulative, you're not exceeding huh. six hundred. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, but I you should like be paying taxes a... on that if you're making that much money on it. I pay taxes <laughs> like double. Like, oh, we taxed you on this last year, but we're going to tax you again. Like, <laughs> you need to also be paying the taxes. All right, this I say is... abolish the IRS, but that's me. Go ahead. Mm, Yaffe, you know they're listening. Those were Yaffe's words. <laughs> they're ours. listening. Yeah. That was Yaffe, not Bye. me, Kelsey. We are happy to pay our taxes. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> All right, number one of what's trending. This is, I think, the most random and shocking thing that we've seen in a while. But there's a new item that people are recommending that can cure cramps, panic attacks, and help with tough workouts. And I am very shocked. I'm not even going to let you guess because you're not going to get it. It's Sour Patch Kids. Oh. Wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> I think I missed something. Wait, what are, what are Sour Patch Kids supposed to do? Help with cramps, panic attacks, and if you're having a tough workout. I feel like those are like three. I mean, I guess so, I can see cramps and tough workouts, but why does panic attacks? So for <laughs> cramps. The extremely sour food can trigger a specific set of receptors in your body, which would stop cramps. Pickle juice does this as well. Mm-hmm. Panic mm-hmm. attacks says eating something sour gives you an intense sensory experience, which can break you out of your spiral. So next time your girlfriend's spiraling, throw a Sour Patch Kid at her. So would this work with like warheads too? Because they're like 10 Probably. times the sour. Anything. 10 times that sour. I don't find Sour Patch Kids sour at all. I don't all. either. Like mm. I, was, I, am, I know. I was about to say. This wouldn't help me. I'm always on the hunt for like a very sour, like punch me in the face type of sour, which mm-hmm. I mm. have not found. Um, and then tough workouts. If you don't have the energy, high sugar candies like Sour Patch Kids, good way to get some fast carbs into your system. 
Hmm, the next time I have a leg cramp, I'm going to have some Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> so I guess the only, See if it helps. Only downside of Sour Patch Kids now is they contain that like red dye that causes cancer. Oh. You know Doesn't that. everything have that? Yeah, everything, everything has pretty much dye. has it. It's like a certain everything color does. like they, like certain candy companies oh, use, gosh. and it causes cancer. Yeah. Yeah. And like turns your children Jeez. into terrors. Mm-hmm. Such yeah. a downer, Kelsey. Well, We're all about to go. <laughs> okay, don't eat the red one. No, I'm pretty sure they use it all of them. It's just you know, yeah. it's just contained. Yeah. You know what? Now the subject, I don't really think we need blue Sour Patch Kids. They're my I do. least I like favorite them. flavor I, of Sour I Patch like Kids. I like the Sour Patch Kids. And they're the majority of my bunch of Sour Patch Kids. It's all blue. See, I get I'd the like least, to get rid of those. I always get the least amount of blue, but I like blue. Well, well that's how so I feel about that. Is... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've ever even had the blue ones. You know what? We you, can get, you have. We can get rid of green. Uh, they taste like mouthwash. Green are the best. Green they and yellow like are the mouthwash. best. Yellow is just sour. It's good. <laughs> All right, thank you, Tori. Thank I know you. She'll be joining me later on the Yaffe Hour, which you can hear 2 to 3 p.m. Tuesday through Friday on the Yump. What's on tap with Tori? Always a good time. By the way, this segment of the program brought to you by Coleman Furniture Market. If you go to their Facebook page right now, you can see a picture of this. Looks like a really comfortable Lazy Boy couch. It's the Lazy Boy Grayson. It delivers old-fashioned comfort in a stunning package. Feels like you're sinking into a cloud with the leather, sofa, loveseat combo. It has a recliner, um, it has cup holders in the middle and the loveseat. It looks, it looks awesome. If you need a new couch and you want to get something really nice and really comfortable that also looks great, you know where to shop. The best furniture store in Alabama, Coleman Furniture Market. They don't just have couches, though. They have beautiful ottomans and coffee tables. They have dining room cabinets they even have a great selection of lamps anything you need furniture wise they're going to have at coleman furniture market the selection is amazing but you got to go today go to the website colemanfurnituremarket.com go to the store in coleman alabama it's at 1807 second avenue southwest in coleman alabama or check out the facebook page and the instagram page to see pictures of their latest inventory including that lazy boy grayson couch that i was I was just talking about that. Looks really comfortable. Coleman Furniture Market in the hearts of Coleman, Alabama. They have delivery options as well. Go today. And when you do, as always, make sure to let them know Yaffe was the one who sent you. Got my closing thoughts here in a sec on the Yaffe program. It's the Yaffe program on WVNN. Uh, So I just saw we have breaking news out of the Supreme Court Looks like one of these maps done by the special master that we were talking about at the top of the show where the special master has three new congressional district maps creating quote unquote opportunity districts for black voters where instead of it being 40% black voters, they bumped one up to 50%. The other two were like 48 and 49%. So only one of those is still majority minority, which is what I was talking about, this whole thing is silly. But now the Supreme Court has rejected the state of Alabama's emergency request that the court reinstate Alabama's congressional map that um, was approved in the special session. According to yellowhammernews.com, this means that the map that Alabama will use in the 2024 election will be selected by the three-judge panel in a hearing that's set for October 3rd. 
Now it says here, court-appointed special master Richard Allen submitted three maps to the three-judge panel Monday. Those three maps create a second majority black district or something close to it, according to Allen. Of course, like this has never been specifically defined. But, it, I mean, this still will possibly go to the Supreme Court. It's going to be appealed all the way to the Supreme Court. But Steve Marshall and Secretary of State Wes Allen had hoped that the Supreme Court would issue a stay on it until it reaches the appeal, reaches the Supreme Court. Now, the breaking news is that has been denied. I mean, here it is. Allen, Alabama Secretary of State versus Milligan. This is the application for stay presented to Justice Thomas and by him referred to the court is denied. I mean, that's pretty much it. So the Supreme Court failing us on this once again. And as I remind you, just a quick reminder, this was the Democrats. And yes, it was Democrats doing this. They say they're civil rights activists. They're Democrats. It was Democrats using the courts, playing the race card to racially gerrymander this state in order not to better represent minorities, but to create a second Democrat district. That was the goal. They might get there. There are still some who suggest that maybe Republicans could win all seats. That would be interesting. Like I said, I would laugh, but it looks like we're going to have a second black district or we're going to have a second, not even black district because it's still only 50% black. So a second Democrat district was the goal. We're going to have that. Barry Moore is going to have to run in the primary against Jerry Carl in district one, I believe. Um, Jerry Carl would probably win that. This all makes me sad because I really like Barry Moore. He's going to join me on the show on Thursday. We'll talk more about that with him, what his future, what his future is in Alabama. But I really like the job he has done in Congress. Go that so the Democrats have benefited there too because a real rock solid conservative in Congress, they've possibly been able to kick out of Congress. It's just crazy. But that's a breaking news. It looks like one of these maps is here to stay. Uh, this segment of the program brought to you by 360 Painting of Huntsville. If you need the inside or the outside of your home painted, you need to call 360 Painting of Huntsville. They're the experts who can get it done and get it done right. 256-244-8246. They painted the inside of my bathrooms in my home. Did a great job. Go to 360painting.com slash Huntsville. 360painting.com slash Huntsville. Tell me at the sent you. You're listening to... The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I wasn't, like, in a company. And I don't know, like, how marketing, sales... Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah, and... Like Jay-Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah. Yeah. To that... Remind me not to quote any hip-hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. <laughs> when you first said it, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. 
The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I was in, like, in a company, and I don't know, like, how marketing, sales. Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah. And like Jay-Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah. Yeah. To that. Remind me not to quote any hip-hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. <laughs> when you first said it, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? <laughs> <laughs> In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen. Jeffy on WVNN. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? <laughs> In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen.